Hey everyone, welcome to the Gate Alliance Church. We're so glad you could join us for this week's podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn how you can be more engaged in our church, check us out online at thegatechurch.ca. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's podcast. Uh, if you're sending those on the screen, you will see Isaiah 40 31 that says, But they, I hope that's you, they who wait on the Lord will get new strength. They will rise up with thump, thump, thump. And they will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weak. And what I noticed in that verse that we went over this past week was the dummies in that verse. If you put them all together, it basically says this. For something. And not only are you waiting, but I want to talk to those who are maybe feeling weary in the waiting. You may even feel like you are worn out because it's like you're running from difficulty to difficulty, from dilemma to dilemma, and maybe even disaster from disaster. And you have questions, but don't have answers. And you've got problems. But you don't have solutions. And here you are, waiting. You know, um, you realize we went through a pandemic recently? (laughs) There was a lot of waiting. A lot of waiting. And for the church, there was a lot of waiting. (laughs) There was a lot of challenges. I jokingly tell people when we're in the pandemic that I must have missed the class in seminary on how to lead a church through a pandemic. I don't think there was one. What I do know is that many of us worked hard. We worked differently than we ever had to before. And, and as a church goes, and all of us can experience this, that uh, we had to change gears. We could not meet in person like we are today. Normally, uh, normally I preach from down there, so forgive me, I'm up here, but want to make more room. 
So forgive me for being up here. I'd love to be just down there and speak to you today, but I'm up here because I love meeting in person. I love the reaction. I love hearing people praising God. It's so more exciting to praise them together. I love praising him by myself, but it's exciting when we come together and we worship him. And we couldn't do that during the pandemic. And we had to adjust to holding Sunday services and our midlife groups or small groups online. Suddenly we understood a new word, Zoom. I wish I would have bought stocks in Zoom back in early 2020. But um, we went through that. But when the restrictions of the pandemic were lifted, I was excited because now we're able to do this. Get together back again. And, uh, and I was looking forward to that. But I discovered, and, and in fact, many churches discovered, that after the pandemic, we could come back in person, only maybe half of the pandemic people came back. I was surprised that it caught me off guard. It caught a lot of churches off guard. That when we could come back and have the freedom to do what we're doing, then only about half or 60% of the people who used to attend regularly, who talked Christian, didn't come back. I had uh, one pastor friend out in Winnipeg, because we're talking about this. He pastors a large church, and we were talking about this, and he told me, and I believe this is true, he said this, after the pandemic, when you saw that drop, he says, you begin to understand for whom attending church was, was just a tradition and for whom it was a conviction. Amen. I thought, that's true. Some people just it became a tradition. And those people just changed traditions. I'm not going now. But for those who it's a conviction, they came. And some people didn't come back. Some chose to go elsewhere. And I want to tell you, I'm going to confess today, I felt stuck. I did not know what to do. And so one day, early this spring, I went into our prayer room, which is right over here, that door. By the way, you're welcome. To, anyone's welcome to use that during the week from 9 o'clock in the morning, about 9 at night. That's open. It's unlocked. And there's a room in there just designed for quiet. There's some worksheets you can go through if you want to pray about something, temptation, or you're, something you're happening, or you, you just, there's things you can work through to help you just to spend that quiet time in prayer. And I will go in there and pray. And I found myself doing that this spring, early spring, praying to God, laying out this burden in my heart, saying, God, I don't know what to do. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't, I didn't, I, I lacked vision and that's not good for a pastor to lack vision. I really didn't know. And it was very humbling saying, God, I, I have, I have nothing. I, I, and I even said out loud at one point, God, Lord, I said, Lord, how do I get through this wilderness? Have you ever felt that way? You can't see, you don't know where to go. You feel stuck. As I said those words, I lifted my head and, and I looked across the prayer room just over here. And my eyes focused on this whiteboard across the room and that was hanging on the wall. And written on that whiteboard was a Bible verse which really caused me to stop because on that whiteboard was the answer to my cry, Lord, how do I get through this wilderness? I'll never forget it. I grabbed my phone and I took a picture of it so I wouldn't forget what was on the whiteboard and I'd like to share it with you now. You can see it up on the screen. That's what I said. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. Isaiah 43, 19. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Do you see it? 
And I realized that I was asking God, how do I, Mark, make my way through this wilderness? What must I do? What are the action steps I am to take right now? God said, Mark, 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 Mark. You don't make your way through the wilderness. I do. God was saying, I'm the one who makes the pathway. I'm the one who, who creates rivers in the dry wasteland. Your job just to follow me and trust me. And then the question's up there. It's in the verse of Isaiah 43, 19. Do you not see it? And I said, God, I don't. I really don't. I don't see the pathway. I don't see the rivers. And that's when the Lord in that moment, in that room back, early, early, late winter, early spring, impressed upon me the, the word, wait. So my word this year, wait. Trust me. Wait upon me. I'm work, at work making a way. I wish, you know, I, I wish that, that God would have said, Mark, act, just do these three things, step one, step two, step three, and everything will work out. I wish you would give me a direction where I just would got up and said, now go do this and everything will change. But God said, no, I just want you to, I just want you to wait. And I knew God was at work. I knew I couldn't see it, but I trusted him that he's at work somewhere. So I chose to trust him and wait upon him. And then God did respond. It was, uh, it was on a Sunday evening in this very room. We, we hold prayer summits every other month where we come together as a church and just, we pray because if you don't pray, I mean, I don't know what we're expecting to happen. I, I mean, I, we got it, God come and work in our midst, work in our lives and let's praise you and let's pray. So we do that. And it was March 5th, I was leading a group of us and giving thanks to God because we had been opening up our gym on Friday nights to the community and uh, people were coming from the community. And I think it was, if not the first one, I think it was the first one where we had a, a few people, some wonderful people we met from South America. And um, to our surprise, they began joining us here in church on Sunday mornings. So on Sunday night, March 5th, I, I am giving thanks for these three who had come because it really helped, it changed us to, to welcome these three wonderful new immigrant people joining us here in church. What I didn't know on March 5th was that these three would be a foretaste of what was to come very quickly. What I didn't know yet is that God was already at work leading us, preparing us for a new path as a church. For suddenly, over the next coming weeks, I want to tell you, many, 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 many more people came who recently immigrated to Canada. Some were coming for school. Some were coming just for a new life. And of course, we know some came as refugees uh, because of persecution in their own country. And this new path God, God placed on us changed us. It changed us as a church. It changed me. No longer is asking the question, God, what are we to do? What am I to do? God told us. He said, see you wait. I knew this was coming. Thanks for waiting. I'm for preparing, preparing you. We're doing what God asked us to do. He told his own people back in Leviticus. He said, do not take advantage of foreigners who live among you in your land. Treat them like native-born Canadians. And love them as you love yourself. And it got to the point where I, I, 
for the first time in a few years, since I pastored a large church out west, I didn't know the names of everybody coming to our church. And that was hard. That was tough. And I didn't know the language. Because many would come and did not speak English. They would still come to church with their iPhone and translate as I'm speaking into their own language. And so we asked a, a retired pastor from Montreal, Pastor Martin, a wonderful man, about 87, 88 years old. He came for three weeks. He could speak the language, especially of those friends from, from Turkey. And he ministered to them during those three weeks. Here. He, 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 he spoke to them of Christ. And a few of them expressed the desire to be baptized. And so back in June, we baptized a handful of those. But for me, it was just like I stood back and I just watched God work. I watched him work through our people and I was experiencing victory. And the victory I discovered was found in the waiting and the trusting upon him. Even when I couldn't see it, he was at work. And it was the psalmist who said that, saying, gave the same testimony. He says this in Psalm 62. I wait quietly before the Lord, for my victory comes from him. I wait quietly, which I understand is, 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 is a trouble. It's tough sometimes. It's hard, as I'm confessing to you. But I do that because I know where my victory is coming from. Not through me making a way, that God would make a way, and I'd be obedient and follow it. We don't like to wait, but waiting can be one of the most important things we do because waiting causes us to rely on God. That must be why God does. I heard this morning on the way to church with my daughter that the radio is playing, uh, they're talking about the time when Jesus, the disciples are out there in the storm, and uh, Jesus came out, was it during the fourth watch, which was like four in the morning? But the storm happened that evening, the earlier evening. And, and it said how Jesus, he didn't come out as soon as the storm happened. He let them go through those struggles. The strength in their faith. Maybe to come to the point where these fishermen said, I can't get through this storm on my own. It'll only take the Lord to help me. And Jesus, about what, four in the morning comes out. He waited. Because waiting causes us to rely on God. And waiting can be a test. Will I trust God when I don't see him at work? There's a song we sing at church. You know it probably is called Waymaker. And I've been very mindful since that march of the verse in the song which says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working, you never stop, you never stop working. And it requires faith to sing that song. You can sing the words, but it takes faith to say, I believe that. Even when I don't feel it or see it, God, you are at work. And I will wait upon you and trust you. When we're given a test in school or at work, the key is knowing all the answers. But with God's test, the key is not knowing all the answers. With God's test, the key is to trust God to know the answers. Amen. And God attaches a promise in Isaiah 40, 31. For those who wait on the Lord, they will get new strength. They who wait upon the Lord will get new strength. They will be the ones who rise up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weak. And the hope and the cry of this verse, the hope and cry of this message today is that they would be you. 
But he said that you, you choose to wait upon the Lord, even when it's difficult. And you'll see him working. You will rise up like wings. Or you will wait upon the Lord get new strength. You will rise up with eagle's wings. You will run and not get tired. You're going to walk and not become weak. Pastor Dennis, he shared that scripture, the account of Jesus' friend Lazarus. He's very ill. And Jesus, I think, is what, like a couple days away with his disciples. And uh, they send word to Jesus saying, you know, the sisters sent word, Lazarus' sisters, Mary, Martha, you're, you know, the one you love. Lazarus is very sick. He's dying. Your friend is not well. And when someone we love is ill and is dying, what's our typical response? We rush to their side. We cancel engagements. We change our plans and quickly make our way to be at the side of the dear one who's dying, especially if we're far away. We rush to them. We don't want to waste any time. And when Jesus receives word that Lazarus, his dear friend, is sick, how did he respond? Well, Pastor Dennis read for us in verse 6. said, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he received the news that Lazarus was sick, what did he do? He stayed where he was for two more days. He waited. And this time of great trouble and distress, what does Jesus do? He waits. Which I'm sure mystified the disciples. Which I'm sure caused agony to the sisters. But when Jesus waits, there's a purpose. He's at work. He told his disciples what it was. This sickness will not end in death. It happens so that it will bring honor to God, Jesus said, and the Son of God will be honored by it also. So Jesus waits, so there's no doubt that Lazarus is dead. That Jesus did not just show up right away. Maybe he's sick, maybe he's passed up, maybe he's sleeping, and Jesus healed him, which would be miraculous in itself. But Jesus was ready to show something greater than healing power. He was going to show the people they'd never seen, something they'd never seen before. He's going to demonstrate resurrection power. And by waiting, God was showing everyone a renewing strength that they would ne- had never known, that would not come unless Jesus waited. When Jesus arrives to the sealed tomb where Lazarus is laid dead for four days, we read this. It said, Jesus called the loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had been dead came out. His hands and feet were tied in grave clothes. A white cloth was tied around his face. Jesus, I love this line. Jesus said to the people, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I love the imagery of Lazarus coming out of the tomb wearing these grave clothes. Lazarus had been wrapped in grave clothes, which were for dead people. But Lazarus is not dead. He's alive. So Jesus says, hey, take the grave clothes off. He's no longer dead. And as Christians, I wonder sometimes, I think sometimes, i got to watch myself. I'm not walking around like I'm dead. I want to hear God, Jesus say, look at Mark, you, the old is gone, the new has come. You are dead and now you're alive. Take off the grave clothes. The Bible says, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God. Why? For he has dressed me with the clothing of what? Salvation. And draped me in the robe of righteousness. We don't have to wear grave clothes anymore. We don't have to live as if we are dead. We now wear the clothing of salvation. And we've overwhelmed with joy in that. If we believe that, 
We now are robed with his righteousness. So when I wait upon the Lord, he renews my strength. He gives me new life. Even when he says, wait, I rejoice because I, even though I don't see him working, he's working. Even though I don't feel like he's working, he's working. Even when he says, wait, Jesus will show up. And he'll cause me to rise. It says, rise up with wings like eagles. I pastored, I uh, lived out in British Columbia for 10 years, pastored out there. And one day, one of my parishioners called me up, said, I'm going to take you for a drive out into the country. So I said, that sounds fun. I love the countryside. And we drove, and he, and he pulled over at one point outside of town, and he stopped the car, and he said, he pointed up to these trees. They'll look up there. What do you see? And I looked up, and the trees were full of bald eagles. Full of bald eagles. Anybody bald's a friend of mine, but I love these bald eagles. And eagles are this, eagles are this marvelous creature, because back then, I had not seen one. They're, they are a little coming more, they're introducing them across the country, but back then, uh, you could not see one unless you're, I think, out in Cape Breton or, or BC. They can see eight times better than you and I can. Their wingspan, I, I'm told, can go up to about eight feet across. And when they dive, when they're not flying, and they dive, they can go up to 160 kilometers an hour. Now, I want you to understand this. This is profound, okay? Eagles are not geese. Eagles are not geese. When geese take flight, you'll see in this video coming up, just in case, you'll see this a lot this fall, coming up soon. They're flapping their wings, flapping their wings, flapping their wings, trying to maintain altitude, trying to move forward. Flap, 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 flap. That's what eagles have to do to achieve, or that's what geese need to do to achieve and maintain flight. God did not design eagles the way he designed geese. Eagles have this huge windspan, but actually the joints, their wing joints are very weak. They're not designed to flap like the geese do, an excessive motion. And you think about it, when you picture an eagle in your mind, picture an eagle up in the, in the air. You probably don't imagine them flapping frantically. Yeah, they'll flap to gain altitude and launch out. But when you picture an eagle, you, 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 you picture them soaring peacefully. Not flapping frantically. Eagles look like this. It's different, isn't it? Here's what I learned about eagles living on BC. The only way an eagle can fly is for them to find this invisible force that God created called a thermal. Thermal are these upward currents, columns of warm air that come from the ground up. up. And we don't see these warm current, these thermals. We don't see them. The eagle doesn't see them. But it launches out, once it finds one, it's just, it's just riding that thermal. Once an eagle catches a thermal, it can go up as high as 14,000 feet. And from that altitude, they can soar, I'm told, for miles like this. It's going like that. Without exerting energy, flapping, because they caught the thermal that God created for them. To ride. Let me remind you of our text again. But they who wait in the Lord will get new strength. What they will rise up with wings like eagles. 
God wants you to know that when you wait upon him, when you rely on him, when you trust him, even though you may not see him, he is there and he will become, he'll be your thermal lifting you up to soar with the wings of eagles. And the problem is, is that when we try to navigate and move through our life in our own wisdom, my own philosophy, what I think is right, we, we start looking like this is keys. We're just, we're just trying, we're flapping, and this is tiring, I'm wearing, this is exhausting, frantically trying to keep afloat. We flap over here, and we deal with this problem in life, and then we're exhausted, we go over here, we have to deal with this situation, and, and then we flap over here, and we deal with this, fix this problem that we're facing, and we become tired, and we walk, and we faint with exhaustion. God did not say to us, those who wait in the Lord will fly like geese. God said, those who wait upon me, those who put their trust in me, and soar with wings like eagles. The secret is in catching the thermal. God is your strength. But just like the eagle, you got to trust and rest on him, and he'll lift you up. What I'd like to do right now is just before we have the baptism and finish the sermon, I, we do something here called take two. And uh, what it is, is giving God, it's responding to what we heard God say in his word today. And you'll see in this slide that there's a verse that, that I heard, actually heard say this verse today. Juliet, you mentioned this verse in, your, in our prayer group today. Do what God's teaching said. Just don't listen and do nothing. When you only sit and listen, you're fooling yourselves. You see, it's so easy to sit there and go, well, that was fun. That was interesting. That was good. But now I want to say, God, here I am. I heard, I heard some scripture, I heard some songs. And you are here present, and you're talking to me. What are you saying to me today? What do you want me to know? I'm not here by accident. What do you want me to know about this Isaiah 40, 31? What do you want to say to me about my life? And then ask, how is he asking me to respond to what he's saying? What I'd like to do today, we usually take two minutes. What I'm going to do in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand. I want us to reflect and listen to God. But I want to do more than that today. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to respond in prayer. So this morning, if you would think, as you're standing, say, I, God, I need to wait upon you. There's something in my life I want to wait on you. There's places I need to trust you. And we, it happens in all our lives. I know in a crew, crew or a group this big, maybe some of us who are right now are waiting and maybe there's weariness. Maybe we're feeling worn out. Maybe we're, we're, we're struggling with wanting to trust him, but we're trusting him. We want to say, God, I trust you even though I don't see you. And even though you're, I don't feel you're at work, I want to ask you to remain standing. I want to pray with you today. You're going to be the group. You're going to be the eagles today. So let's stand up together, all of us, first of all. And I'm going to take just a couple minutes of quiet. God, what is one thing you're saying to me? What do you want me to know today? And how do you want me to respond? And then I'm going to close in prayer in a moment. Just take a couple minutes. I'll just reflect and hear God talk to you now. That's the best part of them. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We make these messages available to give you a window into our church but also an open gate for you to join in with our community. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m. and we look forward to seeing you soon. And know that there is a place for you at The Gate. Please remember to visit thegatechurch.ca for more information about our church.